very transparent hierarchy structure mm-hmm. where there's very clear clear reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's called like a work in progress, like a whip. So like for every task that I want done, mm-hmm. I hand those down. Right. And I only hand them down to two people. Right. One is Marco, one is James. Right. Like one is money focused, one is ops focused. And then from there, it's their job to disseminate, not all, but some of those tasks down to the people. Like Welcome back to Coffee is for Closers. We're doing it again. It's Matt and Pat, your favorite team. It's Matt and it's Pat. Roll the intro. Ex-Special Forces Sniper turned entrepreneur. I've scaled numerous businesses to eight figures. My name is Matt Ryder. This is my podcast and I'm telling you to put that coffee down. down. Hey, so this week we're talking about different managerial styles. We just follow the trends in the comments. We just do what people tell us to do. Yeah. Um, you manage some people. I do. How many? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> well, I only manage like five. Okay. Like, so you manage the managers of managers. Manage the managers that manage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which tends to be the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, uh, who would have thought corporate had it right? Yeah. It's it, it's interesting to see how that pans out to be correct. Yeah. It's so like, you know, no, we should have a, everyone should, we should have a collaborative work environment where everyone says their piece and then mm. nothing gets done. Mm. What do you think happened? You know, the Knights of the Round Table? Do you reckon that's just load of bullshit? Yeah, reckon it would they would have been King Arthur r- going, "Oi, motherfucker!" Yeah, you do this. <laughs> the table may be round, however. Yeah, there's still I am ahead the of king. it. Yeah. <laughs> you will do what you're fucking told. Yeah, this is to fake inclusion. Yeah, exactly. Not real inclusion. You bunch of dickheads. Now get out there. Yeah, but I mean, people need. There has to be a chief. Mm. There just has to be, you know, and that hierarchical structure. People thrive under it, mm. and I think it's uh, especially like when you're transitioning. Mm-hmm. from a more sort of quote-unquote collaborative into a more traditional hierarchy. I think it's a difficult transition. Yeah. Yeah, or at least I've been told for the people who are currently in that transition. Okay. It's no different for me. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's necessary because I think people work better when they're within their lane. Yeah. You know, and you've got people who are more creative and you've got people who are more like, you know, sort of day-to-day or like, you know, it's like there's not that many people that, like that CEO role that is a very particular type of person who can sort of take in all that information and then kind of chomp it up and then spit out what needs to be done. Mm. And, I, and I think like those those people, there's a reason why there's that hierarchy there because like they're good at that. Yeah. That's it. You yeah. Know? I mean, if nothing more, I feel like, uh, you know, hierarchical control, a, a chain of command, all that kind of stuff, it serves for accountability, if nothing else. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Even if everybody is good and nobody actually needs to be told what to do, when yeah. something doesn't get done or when there's like a new task and it's got a, you know, who does this, yeah. having some sort of chain of command allows for that to fall into a place. So I think that we've seen that, at, like I've seen that in businesses, I've seen it in um you know, in work groups, all kinds of things where people go, no, no, it's linear. We're all, we're all in this together. And then someone doesn't pull their weight. And that's, that's what. Whose job is it to yeah. hammer them? Like people yeah. have got to do. That. And that's the problem. People can hide behind structure. Mm-hmm. I think so. Like what we've been adopting with the help of like one of our sort of board members is a like more traditional, but like very transparent hierarchy structure mm-hmm. where there's very clear, clear reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's called like a work in progress, like a whip. So like for every task that I want done, mm-hmm. I hand those down. Right. And I only hand them down to two people. Right. One is Marco. One is James. Right. Like one is money focused. One is ops focused. And then from there, it's their job to disseminate, not all, but some of those tasks down to the people. Like if I give like, you know, my COO a task of like, I need the budget redone this and he's going to toss that to the finance department Mm -hmm. and then work with them to make sure that it makes sense Mm -hmm. and then pass that back up to me for approval yeah but like i don't want to have to do it like i just like otherwise i might as well just not have anybody yeah you know so and then that's very clear and then i have like okay what is the date in which this will be done Mm -hmm. okay it'll be done in 17 days okay and then i write that down in my gantt chart right which is like my project management chart james like on james's sheet this project, this timeline, and then every week I meet with him and I get an update on that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, let's say it's a three-month project. 
if I get told a week before it's due that it's not going to be on time, that person should be in trouble. Okay. Because, like, you've had 11 meetings. Yeah, yeah. You come to me now. Yeah. So that should have been clear along the way. Yeah. If the timeline was unmeetable, whatever. Yeah, or if it's just like, you know, like I, I literally had this conversation with one of our guys the other week. They're like, oh, this isn't going to be done. I said, why not? Oh, because this isn't this. I was like, but this has been a four-month project and you're telling me the week it's due? I was like, does that seem reasonable? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there's this. I was like, okay, but did you know that last week? Mm. Did you know the week before? Did you know the week before that? The week before that? Well, yeah. It's like, well, then it will be done on that date, on that time. Oh, but I have to, I don't care. Like that's, <laughs> like if you told me three months ago that that's an unrealistic timeline, I would have gone, sweet, let's bump it. Yeah. You tell me four days before it's due. No, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Work 22 hours a day until it's done. Because mm-hmm. like you had all that time. Mm-hmm. Like what are we? Yeah, we're, we're forecasting its completion. Other things rely on that. There's other things that yeah. people are working on to be ready to go when that comes in. Yeah. And I think that's one of the issues. I mean, that's one of the things you see where there isn't a, uh, a chain of command, like where it actually flows from ahead to to people, to people, to people and be allocated down, 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 yeah. is that sometimes things can get lost in, you know, very rarely does anything happen in isolation. Yeah. So because your piece isn't complete means that other pieces who are the subsidiary pieces or the, um, yeah. you know, the, the joining supporting pieces are ready or yeah. can't progress without that. And they don't even need to necessarily know that because no. it's not relevant. Yeah, that's right. Know? And then so, and but the worry with that is that the managers outsource their entire job. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So then what you do is you have random spot checks of the work in progress reports of the people below the people that you're above. Okay. So if I give you eight tasks and I see that you've split four of them to her and four of them to him, mm-hmm. I go, well, I just go, what else are you working on? Mm-hmm. What have you achieved this week? Yeah. As Daddy Elon would yeah, say. Yeah, but that's such an apt <laughs> response, you know? It's yeah. like, well, what else are you doing? And it's yeah, like yeah. nothing. It's like, well, okay, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow and you're going to give me all the projects that you're innovating and the initiatives that you're starting. Otherwise, I'll just not have you and I'll tell them what to do because that's really easy for me to do. Mm-hmm. And I can save that money. And if, there's, if you're not driving the ball forward, then I don't need that role. Mm-hmm. And I can just go... For them. How, how many managers do you think, not here, but sort of generally, who have, uh, you know, optimized themselves out of the job? Oh, tons of them. Yeah, without realizing. I spoke to a person the other day who works for Accenture, which is like the largest management consulting firm on the planet. And they're, they're a finance department, right? Uh, for one of their, because they're like the world's biggest uh, consultancy. They did $89 billion profit last year. Wow. Very, very, very large. I think top five largest companies on the planet. And their finance department of one area had to reconcile 7,000 manual transactions every day. Wow. Right? And so they had 12 people working full time in Excel to manually do transactions. And one kid came in and goes, oh, I can just write a macro for that. Mm-hmm. And he immediately, 12 people were no longer required. Yeah. They didn't tell management. Right? The manager of the department goes, let's not tell anybody that we've done this. <laughs> right? And um, they just said, okay. So they had every transaction reconciled by 9 a.m. the day of. Yeah, right. It was one hour for Excel, just Excel, to run the macros, and it had a 100% accuracy. Because mm-hmm. they had that much data. When you have that much data, when you've done something so many times, the rules are set. Mm. Within like like Excel starts to just know the rules. Mm. So if you have someone who knows what they're doing, he like they came to him with the project, like, hey, I think I can outsource that. I think I can macro this. And like within a week, they were like, yep, done. And then so and this manager, because it was done so efficiently, now they didn't tell anyone that they were doing it like that. He just they just thought he was like a like a wizard of a manager. Mm-hmm. So they then flew him around <laughs> all the other departments around the world to do it. the same. And all he did was go, no, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but we have a macro that <laughs> just automates it. But if you tell anyone, You'll everyone loses their job. <laughs> <laughs> Except me, because I can just say that I was the one who got it developed. And then I get promoted, and yay, everyone's happy. So yeah. everyone just kept their fucking mouth shut. For how um, long? Oh, they're still going. I mean, like, <laughs> and this is like probably, I don't know, like it would be at least 150 staff, full-time wow. staff in departments all around the world who are playing Call of Duty all day 
And but the work's being done. Pretending to be busy. Just pretending, just flat out pretending. Just carrying around a clipboard. Yep. Working, walking with purpose. Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's what it is. Right? <laughs> when people say, "How are you?" Oh, swamped, yeah. swamped at the moment. Can't talk. Got to get back to work. Reconciling, reconciles. Yeah, reconciliation. Nobody's ever done data entry like I'm doing data entry. No, exactly. So, like, it's really funny, but I think there's a lot of that that goes on. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you probably you can probably speak to it. Did you see much of that in the military as you kind of rose up, just to? Ridiculous amount of hiding behind yeah. structure. And well, I mean, the thing is, you know, the army has a strict double handling policy. Strict. So that <laughs> that yeah. makes sure that everybody keeps it, like keeps busy. Is that even if somebody else has done the work, you too must do the work, or the work is sometimes done incorrectly, so that it later can be done correctly by others. Right? <laughs> that that uh, I've spent some time in police and military units all around the world, yeah, yeah. and it seems to be a a, a fairly uh, well picked up, highly adopted policy of double handling as much as well, much work as possible. It's like our friend would tell the story who went into customs. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Went to work to customs. I mean, that's that's more of an institutional. Like, I think that story is more about like bureaucracy and laziness and um but he he essentially he, he was working at customs and as an intelligence analyst and wanted to get some actionable intelligence to somebody who could use it before they saw it on the news so went hard in the paint for a week right? <laughs> yeah went hard in the paint into work early leaving late trying to get the information that he knew because he had reliable sources uh vetted and sent to people who could action it and First of all, didn't achieve that by Friday afternoon. Not close though. Yeah, and was counselled on rocking the boat and was told that he'd needed to, you know, realign himself within the organisation. Went in the following week, didn't log into his work computer at all, took his personal laptop in and worked on a uni assignment and at the end of the week was told, uh, congratulations, you've done a great job, you've really, like, you've fixed all the issues that we discussed last week and he was like, I quit. <laughs> I'm going back to the army. You guys are pieces this of isn't shit. for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think on the topic of management, I think like of managing people, I think is uh, understanding, first of all, that like the reason anybody is employed anywhere is to do the work that they're doing, right? And, and yeah. I think that that sometimes when you build the sort of family relationship and people get along and all that kind of stuff, it, that can get a little bit blurry, I think, for some people. Yeah. And um, within big organizations, there is places to hide like that. Like, you know, you see those really huge organizations like government departments where people don't seem to have any discernible job. Yeah. And, and in my observation, that's gone two ways. First of all, they just continue quite happily doing that and pretend they're busy doing something and everybody assumes that they are. Yep. Right? Uh, and power to those people. There's yeah, plenty yeah. of plenty of captains and warrant officers that you see doing that all throughout the army. Just walking with purpose. Yeah, walking with purpose, pretending that they're up to something. Develop, you know, I'm developing relationships or I'm, uh, you know... Disrupting. Yeah, disrupting, <laughs> right? All the things. But where people... Um, you know, who, who don't have the capacity to do that. You know, I think some people don't have the capacity to hide and do nothing. Yeah. But they also are a piece of shit with no job. So they make up bullshit. And, and that's what we see. Certainly see that in government departments. But you, I, I see a little bit of it in the in the corporate world as well, who people just like create obstructionist policy to be seen to be doing something. Mm. And, and that can go two ways as well. That can end up in... Like you brought yourself above the detection threshold and now you're fired because you, you're getting yeah. in the way of things. Or people are like, oh my God, you're the best. You created all this new policy and, and, and we depending need seven on- seven people underneath you to yeah. manage this new policy that didn't need to be there in the first place. Yeah, and it depends on how it's outrolled, right? Like whether it, it appears, like if you save a dollar, you know, you, it doesn't matter that you cost everybody below you an, an hour a day and reduce their productivity. You're not accountable to that, right? Yeah. So if the, the thing that you've implemented ends up saving the company, one percent in the way that it looks like you've organized that never mind that it costs productivity and you know overall we're down 10 yeah. percent. but if it looks that way then people are you know you're on the promotion and you get now yeah. you get to create more bullshit policy somewhere yeah. else i think one thing that we did particularly badly was not having clear and defined roles and job descriptions mm -hmm. with like a unified purpose mm -hmm. so one thing that i've worked really hard on the last couple of weeks is to rewrite everyone's job description okay so i've rewritten Everyone read on titles as well. It's really funny, man. People tell you they don't care about title until you change their title. Yeah, right. Oh, man, I just don't care. Like, whatever, as long as I'm... It's like, oh, but no, I'm actually a C something or other. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> like, well, I thought you didn't care. Yeah. What, what happened? 
Yeah. You know? Um, but like I get it, significance and you know, as part, yeah, of, of, course. part of people's needs, you know what I mean? So um but but yeah, so like but unifying them under like a singular like we are going to be customer focused. Mm-hmm. So like you are the VP of operations, you are customer focused first and foremost. You need to make it easier for us to integrate and you need to make it a, a dream for our clients to interact with us. Mm-hmm. That's your core mandate. Mm-hmm. Like so having a really clear like focus mm-hmm. you know so i think we did that quite badly because and like you know I've, I've felt bad about it for a while and then i did research and it was like the first things every single company fucks up is job descriptions and compensation okay like you either grossly underpay or grossly overpay okay that's the problem if you grossly underpay you end up with a bunch of shit bags yep. if you grossly overpay you end up with too many chiefs mm-hmm. and nothing gets done because mm-hmm. everyone's delegating to everybody and nobody actually wants to do anything because everyone's kind of very creative, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, that's a problem. So you, and like the bonus structures will be too high or too low. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we overcompensated and had too many sort of, we just overcompensated, mm. right? So that would, but like it made me feel good because I went through like some of the, you know, like Vern Harnish is a really famous kind of business coach is a book called Scaling Up. And it's like one of the few, like he's a business coach, but they actually worked as like, there's only like 10 or 15 that are qualified by him and they all work as consultants to like super high growth companies. Okay. And they focus on like the um, economics of scale. Okay. That's what they do. Yeah. Like they were part of Atlassian. Uh, Yeah. So uh, with Vern Harnish, like the the very few people that are actually qualified, I actually worked with one named Ken Miller. He was like a, anyway, he's a good guy. He helped Atlassian. Okay. Right. Which is Australia's like fastest growing company ever or some shit. Um, and like I listened in on some of insights, it's all very interesting. So what he would do is go into companies and just do like a four hour, just tear everything to fucking pieces mm-hmm. and then like simplify everything as much as possible. And that just help you understand like what are the things that are going to move the needle the fastest. Mm-hmm. And so after reading his book and watching a few interviews with him and stuff like that, he was like, you will always fuck up compensation. Mm. Every single company does it. It's inevitable. So like make sure all of your compensation plans are movable. Mm-hmm. just have six or 12 month horizons on them we'd like this will change mm-hmm. we don't know if we've got this right but this is a good first draft mm-hmm. we'll stick to it let's see how we go yep you know and then they've all got to be done i was being pushed to like do uh you know monthly or quarterly kind of but like then kim who's like on our board was like no everything will be after financial year Right. Because that's how you know how much actual money you made. Yeah, yeah. What if you have three fantastic quarters and one fucking horrendous one? Mm -hmm. And then that negates everything. It's like, well, you broke even, no one gets a bonus. Mm -hmm. You know? So it was it's pretty interesting. So been reworking all of that and I think that creating it seems like the the clearer that we create everything and like the more in their lane they get. And it's like this is your left and right of arc. This is who you report to, this is who reports to you. Go do your thing. That seems to be the the best way. Corporate bonus structures have been interesting to me ever since I started like working in this space and talking to people about, um, you know, not just here, but sort of everywhere when I talk to people about bonus structures. Um, Because like there's a lot of, dog training is all about paying the dog, right? And and building motivation so that they work harder and harder and harder for the same amount of work, (laughs) for the same amount of pay. Yeah. And um, the corporate bonus structure thing, I think one of the biggest risks, what I've seen from people – had a long conversation with a friend of mine um, about this because he was really pissed off that he didn't get a bonus that he thought was due. And when it sort of come to understand it, it's that the bonus that he was getting was almost always within his grasp. And then it only took one time that he, he probably technically didn't qualify for the bonus but got it anyway. And then the next time, because it was something outside of his control, right? But then the next time when he really didn't meet the target and didn't get the bonus – Instead of that being motivating, like you would expect a missing a bonus to be, or it should be, to push harder, work harder, go harder next time, it had the opposite effect. It was demotivating. And so, like, one of the things that I see in those corporate bonus structures is if your bonus is too attainable, it's it's wrong. Yeah. I think that bonuses really actually need to be less frequent and bigger so that you really do have to – it's exceptional to get it. and and. Yeah. And, you know, if it's a monthly bonus that people are on and, and like to just use 
basic numbers. If it were, you know, if it's a dollar extra they're going to get per month, you're better off to, and they could get that every month. You're better off making it a $12 bonus and making it like so much harder that they can't, they really could only pull it off once a month. Yeah. And that way sort of the dopamine cycle and in, in the pursuit. So I think like, you know, a lot of people don't really understand dopamine, how it works. And that it, there's more, uh, really good info about that getting out to the public through that like Andrew Huberman podcast. I don't know if you ever yep. checked that out, but the way that it's like dopamine is not getting anything. In fact, that satiates dopamine. It's the pursuit of things. So by try constantly trying to go after something is what makes yeah. you happy. And that's what actually drives you and sort of is motivation is pursuit, not having. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you're relying on a whole nother set of brain chemicals when you have something to continue wanting it. That's a whole nother yeah. thing. I think I think I set a really good bonus at the seventh level, not managerial level, but at the sales team level because they mm -hmm. only hit it maybe once every three to four months. Yeah, but when they do, it's big. Yeah, like it's it's good. Like it adds a, it adds a few thousand dollars to each person's pocket. Yeah, and it's in proportionality to who earned it. Yeah, right. So there's a bonus pool that they're entitled to, and it's you know anywhere from twenty five to thirty five thousand amongst the team, mm -hmm. and it's in proportionality to who fucking sold the most. Okay. So like and if then, one person sold 50% of everything, they'd get half that entire bonus. Yeah, but then as a does the team need to cooperate to get to that bonus level? Oh yeah. Okay. Like they'll have to So that drives a bit of cohesion, you think, in that yeah. they like it would be impossible for one person to to do impossible. it all. So you yeah. you're looking at people then saying like It's yeah. a front-end cash collected bonus. So they okay. have to cash collect on new sales, not recurring, no nothing. On new sales, a different amount every month. Right. And then my only grows. Right. Like okay. It only grows, and it's in direct proportion to what I think we should do to hit the revenue goals. And, like, they hit it once every three, maybe four months. Yep. Perfect. They ask every month. Do we have bonus? Like, one month, they missed it by oh, maybe a few hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. I was like, no. no. Oh, we're so close. I was like, yeah, you were. Mm -hmm. But you didn't hit it. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, that's what I mean. Exactly that is, like, that the sliding scale in that way. Like there has to be a line in the sand because yeah. a variable reinforcement schedule like that is binary. You get it or you do not. Yeah. And so you can't then be like, oh, you guys were so close. Here it is. Or, you know, like here's a percentage of, no, you know, like it's like it's either it. get it or you don't. To have yeah. the effect uh, yeah. without that. like. And the manager's like, oh, we should give them this so close. I was like, no. No, they didn't hit it. Like mm -hmm. I don't think you understand. Like it's a red light, green light system. Yeah. That's it. There's yeah. no yellow light. Like you, you're either in or you're out. Mm -hmm. um, and if they hit it by one cent, because if they, what, what if they only hit it by a hundred bucks? Yeah. Can I go, well, you know, yeah. I don't think we should give them because you only hit it by a hundred. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. not fair. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Why not? Because yeah. that's a two way street. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hey, best case for me, they miss it by a buck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in my pocket, that's the best case for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I want them all to get paid and I want them to hit it because I want them to hit those targets. Like that helps me. But yeah, you know, yeah. they miss it by a buck. They miss it by a buck. Yeah. Like I'll triple check it if they miss it by a buck. Yeah. But you know, like that's who, what it is. Who, what sort of, um, like who's the best manager you reckon you ever work for? For? Mm. Or uh, have seen. Oh, Griffo. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Yeah. Yeah. My country mom. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I worked under him. Uh, well. But even outside army? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like that, That I still use that, his thing. There's yeah. three things that matter. Your job, your career, your family. Yeah. That's it. Like that's a great management style. Mm -hmm. And like the ability to hammer people and not hold a grudge, I think is so important. Like mm. his, his, um, the best managers like have no problem with conflict, mm -hmm. and that man has no problem with conflict. Yeah, whether it's yes, physical, he enjoys it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but his conflict is fair. Mm -hmm. It's totally like, hey, you've done. It doesn't matter whether he doesn't like you or likes you. You're treated the same. Yeah, which is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. um, and everything's there and then, and then it's over. Whereas, like you know, I had um, another manager that just punished me in short and infrequent sort of variable doses mm -hmm. you know and it was like i like it was terrible management mm -hmm. like when i was in snipers like because one of the uh one of the bravos just didn't like me mm -hmm. like just hated my guts so i would get the worst it'd be like hey you guys are over there in the hilton you guys are over there hey maddie you're underneath the fucking toilet block in the rain yeah i'd be yeah. like hey motherfucker like i get it you don't like me like, can we just put that out there? Like, you just don't like me when you're giving me shit jobs. If you just tell me, hey, man, you're shit jobs until I fucking die. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Like, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Like, I, I can I can stand being in the rain. Mm -hmm. It's not going to kill me. 
But like it was all those kind of things. And that's ultimately it was I was like, well, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. And then they were like, you can't leave, you're fucking doing I was like, I can do whatever I want. I was yeah. like, I don't owe you anything, man. Because yeah. like I was like, I don't respect your management style. Yeah. It's bad. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that is uh, what people don't understand about pressure, right? So when you, if you that's negative reinforcement. They're trying to get you to change your behavior. But the, the threat of negative reinforcement is that the behavior changes in a way that you didn't expect and the pressure is still relieved. Yeah. So like negative reinforcement is that I make you uncomfortable and in the search of the relief of discomfort, you will, you will experiment with behaviors and when the behavior that I want happens, I will relieve the discomfort. That's, yeah. that's how it works. But, it doesn't matter what you do if you just then you, you'll just figure out a different way to relieve it. Yeah, but yeah, that's right. So if you find another way to relieve it, then I'm cooked. And yeah. it's like, oh, that's not the outcome that I wanted. And then you can be like, but you can't leave because you're turning off the pressure. It's like, ah, oh, but I am. Yeah. That's that I got out from it. Yeah. So what way. ended up happening? Like I did everything I was told. I did it all to a decent standard. Didn't complain. Yeah. Did not complain once. They were like, hey, you're doing this. I was like, okay. Didn't just didn't like didn't. I was like, okay, I get what's happening. The only satisfaction that you want from this is for me to be a bitch about it. And that's the one thing that's never going to happen. Yeah. So like, I'll just keep copying it. And then from there, I just hit a point where I had five months leave saved up and I had to give six months notice. And I said, Hey guys, if you don't stop this, I'm going to discharge. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sick of it. And I'd caught them doing some things like, which I've told you about in the past. Yeah, I was yeah. like, if this doesn't get fixed and I don't see appropriate punishment, like I'm out. And they went, no, we don't think it's appropriate. I was like, then here is the discharge paperwork pre-filled out. I have five months leave. I'm out of here in 30 days. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you can't do it. I was like, I can and I will. Goodbye. It happened. <laughs> yeah. It is decided. Yeah, it is decided. Goodbye. Yeah. Sign this paperwork. You have to. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, you know, that's the way that it ended, which yeah. is unfortunate. But, like, that is just, that, that was the poorest of management I've ever seen. I feel, I feel like when people make someone shit jobs in, uh, like in a management style and not address it directly with them. It's a disgusting form of cowardice. Like I've always thought that back, back when we first got in or when I first got in, uh, the company we were in was, uh, if there was a weekend guard, I had it. Yeah, yeah. And I went to the CSM and I was like, hey, I can't help but notice <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I keep getting the weekend guards. And like, what is it? What is it that is, why is that happening? And what can I change? Because clearly... I'm in the shit and yeah. I don't understand why. The answer was like, oh, nah, mate. Nah, that's not it. Like, it's just a shit sandwich and someone has to eat it. And it's I'm like, like yeah, but it can't always be me. I was like, yeah, but I feel like I'm eating a lot of shit sandwiches. And yeah, yeah. like, I get it. If it were just a random weekend guard, like, I get it. But this is the fourth time in a row that there's <laughs> been one available and I'm doing it. So, yeah. what is it? And it was like, nah, 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 it's nothing, mate. It's nothing. And I was like, you're a fucking coward. Like, yeah, yeah. you won't even have this conversation with me. Yeah, which is right? crazy. Yeah. Because, like, you're supposed to kill people for a living. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's a different form of courage. You know what I mean? Like it really is. Some people, like, I, I don't get me wrong, I hate those uncomfortable conversations. Like, I don't yeah. enjoy them. I'll have it, but I don't enjoy it in yeah. the fucking slightest. No. Not at all. And I don't think anyone really does, but like... Oh, I think, there's people I mean, that love that yeah, shit. Some, some people. <laughs> there's people that lean yeah. into that. Yeah, but like, you know, it, it's 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 funny because, you know, those, those styles, they just, they ruin good people. Yeah. You know, and like, you're, you can't, can't manage people like long term that way because you just end up with a bunch of fuck bags at the top mm-hmm. you know we were at that reunion here the other day and one of the boys i can't remember his name but i was talking to him and they're all sorry everyone's a fucking sergeant now right yeah, yeah. and so i'm like hey what's so how's it work and they go oh fucking diggers man and i'm like yeah like I, I get it i go i go they're like oh back when we were this and we were that i was like have you ever like and i could be wrong and i said to him i go have you ever stopped to think that we were probably the exact same but you just looking back on how, what we did with rose-colored glasses and, and, real, and realistically we're probably like a different versions but very similar to the people that you're now managing in mm. terms of difficulty and all that kind of stuff. And he kind of looked and he went, nah. <laughs> I was like, and there it is. Yeah. Like that, 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 is, that is it. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, the CSMs above them were like, oh, well, I was a fucking sergeant. You know, and then so you give the sergeants a shit sandwich and then it's just a uh, an ever flowing shit of downhill because there's a lack of people going like, hmm. Mm. Like now that I manage a lot of people, I look back and go, fuck, man. Like I owe some of those dudes apologies. Yeah. 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 Not like for some of the instances that I've said, because like my last six months or 12 months, like I was relatively low maintenance. Yeah. Like, it's just I'll do as my told, whatever. But like when I was on, like when I was off teams and stuff like that, when I was being done by jace 
Like I was a fucking nightmare to manage. Yeah, yeah. Like, and because I can talk and I'm not afraid to kind of dish it out and I'm probably a little bit wittier than some of those guys, they just didn't know how to handle me. Yeah. And what they should have done, they should have pulled me aside and been like, you know, you can say these things, but if you do it in front of anyone, I'll hammer you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but anyway, but I was, I was the problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. For sure. Uh, but I remember I saw one of those dudes that treated me like shit uh, at a party, like maybe like a year later after I got out. He was like, oh, hey, man. And I was like, hey, dude, we don't, this isn't a thing. I was like, you don't have any authority over me anymore. I don't give a fuck about who you are. And if you're on fire, I wouldn't piss on you. <laughs> I told him flat out. And I go, so we're not doing this. Yeah, yeah. Like that. And I remember I went, like one of the first longboat lunches that I went to, that one of the officers was like telling me to do something. <laughs> I was like, are you, are you telling me to do something? I was like, do you think you still have authority? Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was just because you had things on your shoulders that I didn't have, but I don't have any of those things anymore. So. Yeah. Actually, I'm your boss. Yeah, like, I'm a you go get me a beer, bitch. Like, <laughs> like now it's just biggest person wins. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like, you're little, I'm big. Yeah. It is what it is. So it's super interesting how some of that stuff carries over, but um, it, like, like, it took me, like, I was super bitter about some of that stuff for a long time. Yeah. But I look back on it and I go, yeah, I was probably quite difficult to manage. Yeah. And I, and I probably owe some of those dudes. If I ever see them again, I will hundred percent go, Hey man, like full respect. I was difficult to manage. And yeah. I, I, I appreciate your patience. Well, I, I've said it for a long time, man. I, I think that the army takes a lot of, um, uh, credit for training leaders when in fact it actually attracts them. So like I've done a bunch of leadership courses in the army and they were all a fucking joke. And, yeah. and, and I personally like, I hope we don't sell any leadership coaching because i think that it's all a load of bullshit i think that it is i think that if you're a really good leader you can become a better one but i don't think you can go from bad to even even good i don't think you can do that because i feel like that it's a trait of who you are and and you know you you can't have too many like nature doesn't uh, make too many people capable of actually leading people because otherwise it'd be a big issue it's like when you look at say in dogs like actually truly dominant dogs a lot of people will say that their dogs whatever but the 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 amount of them that are built is is minuscule because otherwise dogs would be fighting all the time and it's the same with people you can't have that many people that have really high level leadership and management skills because otherwise no one would do the work yeah and so i think it's like, and I enjoy, I'm not saying I'm a great leader, but I enjoy it. I enjoy managing people. I enjoy finding out what um, motivates people and moving them towards that, but we're keeping them like task fo- uh, focused, right? Yeah. Like headed towards a particular thing. But I think the, the trickiness, the hard part in motivating and managing anybody is keeping them self-motivated, right? So that Very you hard. don't have to be pushing them all of the time. Yeah. But then also providing a left and right of arcs where that, that motivation stays pointed in a particular direction yeah. rather than just sort of spews out everywhere and they start going into lanes that are not their own. Yeah. I think, I think th- that's one thing you really can learn Yeah, is that like how to keep people pointed. Because I think one thing that I did really well is I'm good at rallying the troops mm-hmm. like and getting people behind me. Mm-hmm. Just... For whatever reason. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but people seem to go, oh, yeah, like... I'm in. You can be at the front. Yeah. Like, Thanks, man. Like, but I've been really bad at keeping them targeted in a direction mm-hmm. because my brain doesn't really do that naturally. Mm. I'm very, like, ADD, like, like that. And so if, if I let everyone into that and I let them see behind that, it gets very chaotic for them and they don't know where to focus. Mm. And that's what I've been working on. With Kim is like, so my development has been how do I be a CEO? Mm-hmm. Because being a leader is quite natural for me, but being a manager is not. Mm, okay. So I've got to figure out, like I'm figuring out, like I'm good at leading and just kind of like everyone get behind me and we'll go do it. But that's leading from the front. Mm-hmm. And leading from the back is really different. Mm. And so I've got to learn how to lead from the back. Mm. Because like I can just go and fucking kick doors in all day. Like that's fun. Yeah, like yeah. I enjoy doing that. And, like, if you look at how, like, say, Ryan Serhant leads, that dude leads from the front forever. Mm-hmm. But my business model doesn't allow for that. I can't I can't just stay on the phones. Yeah, so, yeah, you I was going to say, for you, that looks like having the biggest sales numbers and, and constantly uh, doing calls and showing people what you're doing in that regard. Yeah. Which and is, he told me, if you want to grow this thing, that's what you have to do. And I was like, I don't Ryan know. said that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had him on the podcast. Um, we can link it up here. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, and like, and I think, and I get it now for him, 
that's what makes sense. Because, like, if you look at, like, Umansky, Maurizio Umansky, who owns the agency, which is another, like, probably the, the, one of the most successful um, real estate uh, brokerages in, like, in the world. Okay. Um, like, he is the top salesperson. Right. He is. Yeah. He's a fucking savage. Sells, like, a $100 million house a week. Yeah. Right? And, uh, but, like, for that model, it sort of works. Yeah. You know? But Maybe what even I a do, requirement. I, in yeah, I think, I think it is. Like, yeah. he kind of has to be the big swinging dick. And then, like, when he steps away from that, like, then, you know, he'll, he'll have to become sort of something else. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so Ryan was very adamant about that. But, like, I can't stay on the phone selling $20,000 programs. Like, it doesn't make sense. There's no. not enough commission in it. Yeah, it's not the right use of your time. Yeah. And that's why I think in, in real estate it is, though, right? Because yeah, if you're, huge. you're pulling the big deals, you're the front man deals, it, it needs to be you that's there doing it, shaking hands, getting the photo, and then it's worthwhile because yeah. we're talking millions of dollars in commission per sale. Yeah, and Ryan will close the building and then he'll have his agents close the apartments. Right. But he's got to close the building, which is what I do essentially. I close I close the accounts mm-hmm. and then we put reps in to do that. But like there's not like a value that I could put on that immediately. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I take 20 grand off him as a joining fee or something. Yeah, you know that what makes I mean? Sense. It's like, yeah, it's like what am I going to, yeah, you know, kind of post so that. That's super interesting. So you are doing the exact same thing as him, really. You're acquiring the cl- the client at the big picture and bringing them into the company. Only yeah. normally there's a big sale there, and for us, it's just you're in and away. Yeah, go. and then it all has to go. You know, so yeah, there's right. not like a, a thing that I can point to and go, "Well, look what I did." You know, mm-hmm. so I kind of have to play it differently. Mm. I have to do similar but play differently because, like, like you know, for example, like he's still he's and you know maybe I should be maybe I should be closing three or four hundred thousand dollar consulting deals like, mm-hmm. but like I'm not right now. Uh, I have done, but you know he he's closing the biggest apartments like so he'll take the penthouse, and then everyone else sells the the other stuff mm-hmm. you know so that's kind of how he operates and he's yep. fucking very good at it and that's what Imansky does as well, um, but yeah, it's a little bit of a different model. Mm. Similar but different. Yeah, yeah. Just not as lucrative, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're way richer than I am. So. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting as well? I think from leadership terms is uh, accountability for the people that work uh, under you, and and how much people take in that regards. Yeah. And and I don't know that there's a right and wrong about that. I think that um, you know, like you, if you could be, if you were checking everybody that worked for you's work, then what's the point in having them? You know what I mean? Like yeah. at some point they have to be able to do those things and, and, so, and make mistakes of their own. So we're using WIPs, which is a work in progress report. Mm-hmm. So essentially the way that it works is I have a Gantt chart, which is a type of project management. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't, don't ask what it stands for. I don't fucking know. Right. But essentially like you have project like, and then you have like build date, launch date. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have, so it's like, this is when it's being starting to be built. This is when it launched, this is when it's finalized. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have those three dates and you just sit there and you go, okay, cool. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Are we on track, off track? And then from there, like they under, I have the project heading, but then they should have their own that has the project heading and all the subtasks. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the subtasks. Mm. I just care about the heading where we're at with it. So yeah. I have all theirs and I have my own projects as well that I'm working on. And then so every single week, as of like, honestly, this week, I get together with them and I say, these are the projects. Where are you at with them? Okay, those are what I've given you. What are you working on yourself? Mm-hmm. And then I'll put those projects into there. Mm-hmm. And then I might add a project as long as other ones are being ticked off. Like I did it with Marco this morning. Some of his stuff was due in fucking February. He'd finished it. Yeah, right. You know, he's like, yeah, done, done, okay. done, 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 done. You know, like everything was like, he knew everything. He had all the progress reports. He had done everything asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had updates on everything that I needed. And then he told me what he was doing outside of that. Mm-hmm. And then I said, like, okay, cool. Show me your, show me Anthony's whips to you. Yeah. Right? This is a spot check. I won't ask that every time, but I'll go show me. And it's like, sweet. This is what Anthony's doing. This is what he's working on. This is a summary. This is what I've got him doing. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Because it shouldn't be a one for one of what I've asked him to do. Because mm-hmm. if that's the case, then I don't need to ask Marco to do it. Yeah. I could just ask Anthony to do yep. it. You know, but, so. but say you have a sales rep that makes a mistake, right? And, and does something they shouldn't do. They they report to Anthony. Anthony reports to Marco. Marco reports to you. That's pretty much the sort yep. of progression. So if they make a mistake, the individual sales rep, at what point do you then like? Where does the responsibility for that mistake finish? Do you think? Yeah, that's difficult. I think that, it would. That, de- that that is what I mean. That that's really yeah, difficult. I think it would depend on what the mistake was. Mm-hmm. 
So if it's a malicious mistake, then I don't think you can really blame anybody for someone trying to like we yeah, had, we they had do something on purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if it's a procedural mistake, then like that there. So you have responsibilities and accountabilities. Mm-hmm. So the way that the hierarchy works is that like uh, Anthony is responsible for the performance of all of our accounts, mm-hmm. but Marco is ultimately accountable for it. Okay. So like. If their accounts are not performing, I'm not going to yell at Anthony. I'm going to yell at Marco because mm-hmm. Marco is accountable for it. Mm-hmm. But it's his job to hold Anthony responsible for doing everything he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So it's just a chain of screaming. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You know? Like, that. that's sort of how it rolls. So, like, but if it was, like, if, if we did, like, an after-action review on it and showed that the processes the operational processes were shit, then it's like, oh, well, we need to go over here and start getting into why that was even possible. Yeah. You know, so what we would look at is the accountability and responsibility charts, and then whoever is ultimately accountable for that is the first person who's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you you then intend to then leave it to them and they, w- they trickle that downhill, or, or would you pursue it down the hill? Uh, like, if someone has to hop on a meeting with me, they're probably going to be fired or promoted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either one, 50 50. You never know. Whatever I decide on the day. <laughs> Just do the odd two face move. Flip the coin. Like that. Yeah, but right. that's how it kind of should be. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if, like, the same with like, uh, like, like team meetings. Like, I really shouldn't be on many of those because. Like, otherwise, you just end up where, like, people just ask you questions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not, it, like, sort of stifles innovation. Mm-hmm. Because people don't want to sort of, uh, people don't want to be seen to be wrong mm-hmm. in front of the boss. Mm-hmm. So then they just don't put their hand up and they don't say stuff. And it just sort of stifles everything. So it's like, you know, the CEO, I used to make fun of my father-in-law. He was the MD, which is the CEO, right, of the Bank of New York Southern Hemisphere Division. Mm-hmm. And I would see him in a park two o'clock in the afternoon reading the paper i was like what are you doing he's like what are you doing i was like he's like i'm reading the paper he's like why aren't you working he's like i am working Mm -hmm. you know and like i was always like oh look at this fucking dude in his ivory tower not doing shit but that was just his way of processing Mm -hmm. all the things that were happening and ultimately he had to sign off on them yeah and then he would have to fly to new york every couple months and he was accountable to the board of directors who would fucking roast him Mm -hmm. like aggressive roasting and screaming if he didn't hit kpis right you know so he was ultimately responsible for the investment strategy of the southern hemisphere Mm -hmm. of the oldest financial banking institution on the planet Mm -hmm. you know so it's like that's a pretty significant weight and so everything that he signs has to be seriously considered yeah and i was talking to him about it recently and i was like it's it's people are liking me less and he was like Welcome to the job, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was like, he was like, man, unfortunately, dude, it's just when you're the one who has to make the ultimate decision, you're ultimately accountable because I'm ultimately accountable, right? In my job description, I am accountable for the revenue, the profit, and the, like, hitting of all projects. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. I have, like, three things, but it's everything. Yeah. So, like, and the way that I've laid it out is, like, I am the boss, and then the board has an opportunity to tear me to pieces. Okay. And the board is here. It's James, Marco, and Kim, right? So it's like, but day to day, like I tell James what to do. I'm his boss. There's no fucking collaboration. There's no business partnership here. I am the boss, right? And But at the board, fucking dude, I'm responsible for this shit. If it's not there, fucking tear it to pieces. Yeah, okay. And then, but I'm also like, like in the States, being the CEO of 7th is a very, very big weight because the CEO signs off on all documentation. Mm. And I'm the one who will go to prison if it's wrong. Right. Right. So in the States, it's a much bigger burden. Like here, you're protected a little bit more because, you know, you're just protected more over here from like a fuck up. Like they won't sort of point the finger at the CEO and go, oh, it's you. They'll sort of point at the company. Mm. But that's not how it works over there. Mm. So like when we when we finalized and we changed over to like the new corporate system that we have over there being a C-corp and that kind of stuff, I said, all right, guys, like everything if you fuck up, I'm going to rail you. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you fuck up when it comes to finance or tax or like compliance, like that's my head mm-hmm. and I'll destroy you. Mm. And so there's no, we're not going to be friends here. We're going to, we're going to do the work. But if mm. you screw up, like you're in serious trouble. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're like ultimately liable, not just yeah. accountable, liable, but liable. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. And, and for like a high growth company that will 100% be audited. Yeah. At some stage, because the moment you get on those sort of high growth chart things, it's yeah. like, oh, well, the IRS just goes, I wonder what the 5,000 companies we're going on this year is. Yeah. Thank you, Inc. 5,000. Looks like we've got our trick. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. They just hired 87,000 new orders. Yeah, so that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? So, like, we'll definitely get audited. And so it's my responsibility because we don't have a CFO. So I sign off on all that too. Right. So, like, it's just a different structure, which is like brought on new weight, I suppose, and sort of has been like the lead in for a new management style, which is far more like, no, no, no. This is not a game. Yeah. We're not friends. This is, we have to get this stuff done. Yeah. Because now there's serious money involved, lots of people, and like liabilities that I have no interest in being. Mm-hmm. So no. let me play devil's advocate to your, um, your, your Gantt thing. Uh, do you think that it uh, potentially, like giving such rigid left and right of arc, what are the risks that you then close people in and sort of stifle innovation a little bit? It's part of the job description to innovate. Okay. Right. So it's written into their job role. Right. So you need to be able to come to me. So every two weeks, so this is my new management structure. Every two weeks is a creative strategy session. Okay. So where like each department head will have an opportunity to present um, innovative strategies that they want to introduce. Mm-hmm. Then from there, I'll take them all on board. I'll get rid of like fucking 92% of them. Mm-hmm. The ones that I think have legs, I'll say create a project plan. They have to create a project plan and then send it back to me for approval. Okay, cool. So in order to avoid stifling innovation, it's part of their job and it's something that they then have to allocate time and resources to each week. Yeah. Uh, and you, you're you okay with that knowing that much of it will be fruitless. That yeah. When you force innovation, you sometimes you're going to get some awesome ideas, but then other times you're just going to get like, we should – Write, write notes on bricks and throw them through windows. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I did something. I came up with an idea. Yeah. So we'll just have, you know, and if they haven't got anything or whatever, it's like just hearing all the other ones, you know, because Marco will have 40 of them. Yeah. You know, so it's just the way that he works, so that will help. And then the other thing that I'm brought in is a weekly airing of the grievances, mm-hmm. So, uh, which is designed to uh, elicit conflict, mm-hmm. but in a more positive tone. Mm-hmm. So I'll run it. There is no rebuttals. Okay. Right, like each department will have, I think, like like 10 minutes or whatever it is, and they have to stick to a rigid structure, and I'll run it. So I'll go, Pat, what is Marco doing to make your life better or make your life worse? Really? To make you you got to keep it that rigidly directed. It's yeah. not going to be a free, like, Pat, no, no, what's no. up with you? No. No. And then I'll go, okay, what's James doing? What's Tori doing? Okay. What's Ben doing? Okay. And so you, te- you say... Yes, Ben has like not given the warnings that I needed to give to the people and he hasn't finalized the hiring of this person and that is a frustration because I have a deadline of this time that I don't know that I'm going to be able to meet because this isn't done. Okay. Perfect. Write it all down. Ben goes, ah, oh, and I go, no, no, no. <laughs> this isn't up for debate. This is what's happening. And then we or go around the room. at least this is how he pers- how Pat yeah. perceives it. And then it's like, and then Ben has a opportunity and he goes, well... As per the last, I've asked for the job description six times and it hasn't been done. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Looks like you should get together after this and sort that out. Yeah. But it's like no one's intentionally fucking anyone around. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I think people don't understand. It's like, you know, there was an issue with two staff in here. I won't say who they are the other week. And one person said, this person's doing this. And I was like, have you told them? They went, nope. And I was like, then how are they going to fix it? Mm. So I went, oi, come here. Into the room. I was like, this person has this issue with you. Carry on. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and I was like, is it is it is it reality or is it perception? Like, what do we? What is it? Because I because then I I also been told this same thing by a different person. So obviously this is what's happening. So let's just nip this in the butt right now. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't know that was a problem. Yeah, you know, and like and I think people think that those those are gonna end badly with people, but really ninety nine percent of the time it's gonna end with like, oh shit, man, I didn't even realize. Yeah. You know, because no one is intentionally fucking anybody around. No, no, no. We're all on the same team. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's just, but if people aren't going to tell people when they're not doing, when they're doing something that's hindering their job Mm. or not getting things done fast enough or whatever, then it's like, how is anyone supposed to fix anything? Mm. And so, and I think one of the problems is that everyone here has like a close personal relationship. And so it's like, we have to kind of leave that at the door and you have to be able to go, hey man, like I need this done. Like this has to be done. Yeah. And I think as well, like in vain with that is sort of delineating between excuses and reasons. Like, like, 
sometimes there's a good reason why something can't be done. And, and it's because like, hey, you don't understand everything that we're doing. Say like, it, just in, in my area in creative department, there, there's, there's a lot of different people to service. And so when someone says, hey, I need this, it's like, yeah, but like, and everybody, what they want is important to them and therefore is a rush, right? And they yeah, need yeah. it fast. And that's like, that's fine. But we also have these other things and you can jump the queue. Like if, if there's a good reason to jump the queue, otherwise you're just in the queue and the good reason, like I need to weigh that against all my other things. And you can't know everything that I'm working on as a requester of something. You can't yeah. know it. And I think it's just having the balls to actually have those sorts of conversations. But you're pretty good at that. Like with Marco, for example, Marco gives a ridiculous request. Like I need video of Facebook. <laughs> you know, you're like, like motherfucker, like that yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. And you go, that makes no sense. Yeah, like that. But everyone goes, okay, and then has a three-hour meeting to try and decipher what. And, and what a waste of Facebook. time when you can just say, hey, what do you mean by that, man? Where's that going? When exactly do you need it by? Okay, cool, got it. Yeah. Okay? Rather than like, and what? it's done. Yeah. You know, and like that creates a cadence of like, yeah, I'll, I'll do what you need, but you got to give me the information. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you the information I need. But sometimes those people like they just. Yeah, that's right. Know, that's know? right. I think you, you sort of hit the nail on the head a little bit when you say that, like, nobody is ever, I think, and, well, I mean, of course there's dickheads in workplaces, right? But there's very, very rarely, if ever, are people um, intentionally working at cross-purposes. Yeah. It's usually just because, like, everybody in their individual section, people are highly motivated, they want to be successful, and they 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 are accountable to what they're accountable to. And if you're a supporting asset of that, they bring you under their basket of accountability. It's like, yes, but I'm the supporting asset to many other things. Yeah, and yeah. the same people are asking the same things. And so I need you to be honest. When do you need this by? Yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. Like when actually do you yeah. need this? Because we'll have it ready. Yeah. But if you say you need it for Tuesday and I find out you didn't need it until the following week. Yeah. That's why. You, you go to the back of the line. Yeah. <laughs> why everything are, you, why are you fucking me around on purpose? Yeah. 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 So I think that that's the key. And so what I'm trying to do is develop a culture of like, just speak your mind. Mm -hmm. And like, you have to be respectful. Of course. Like, obviously you've got, you know, subordinates and superiors and all that kind of stuff. And you've got to, but you've got to go, like, if I give someone 25 projects, they should go to me. Okay. But which ones do you want me to stop doing? Yeah. Because like, I can't, or will you approve over time? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I really need these done. Okay, well, it's going to take me an extra two hours a day for the next two weeks. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to do it, but I need overtime. And I go, okay, I approve overtime. Mm -hmm. You know, or be like, well, okay, I don't actually need those ones. Mm -hmm. Like, I had someone come to me, <laughs> a contractor come to me recently, and want a, a bigger rate for full time. And they said, if you want me full time, this is the rate. And I said, then I don't want you full time. How'd that go? Well, they were very surprised. And I was like, well, if that's the rate, like, I don't want you full time. If you're having trouble with the, the load of projects that you require, I'll take these three projects off you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I, can, I didn't do it. I did it. You know, I was just like, well, no, I don't, I don't want to pay that much for that work. Like I, I have other resources available to me. I will just keep paying you the same, mm -hmm. take those projects away, and we shouldn't have a problem. Mm -hmm. But that's not what they want. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, well. Do you, do you just want more money? I don't understand. You know? <laughs> so like, and it's fine, but like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. You know? And I won't overpay. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything that I think is particularly pressing, mm -hmm. you know, that would require me to pay what I would consider double market rate mm -hmm. for something. So it's like, well, like, why do it? Mm. And I think people are surprised when you go, well, no, I just won't do that. Yeah. So, but I, but I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had you by the balls, so oh. I'm curious. What am I holding here? Yeah. <laughs> They're your own balls. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. So that's interesting. It's interesting, but I think, uh, you know, in, in my progression as CEO sort of things, I'm getting better and better at that. I'm just looking at things more adequately too. And going, okay. He's, before we wrap it up, he's, he's something that sort of I think about. If Matt today can have a conversation with Matt two years ago, what do you, what, and it's a you got thirty seconds. You're, you're a time traveler. Yeah. There's a there's a small interdiction in time where you get to Sell observe your yourself at the end of 2021. <laughs> that would have been good advice. Yeah, that would have been good advice. Yeah. Um, no, I would say it, it would be um, like for for me, it would be something that I can actively do. Mm -hmm. Like like a, you know, so the only thing that I should have actively done much sooner was focused on my own. 
like sort of done what Marco did. I think one thing that Marco did very well was he organized himself mm-hmm. very well because it's impossible to manage people well if you yourself are not organized. Totally. Fuck yeah. And I have like my brain has a good capacity to manage many things at once. Right. However, that is a very difficult thing to work under mm-hmm. because if I can do it, why can't you? Mm. And like, you know, I can throw a ball really well, but like, you know, Mooney can outrow me mm-hmm. Probably, and he can outrun me and he can certainly fucking out pack march me. Mm-hmm. But like my ability to kind of have everything up here all at once is really good. But that comes from the fact that I couldn't fucking read as a kid. I had learning disabilities and I just learned to keep everything up here. Mm-hmm. But now there's so many things to keep mm-hmm. that I can't, I can't do it well enough. Mm. So now I have to like, I have to embrace structure. Whereas that's like the opposite of who I am. And had I have done that earlier, these businesses would all be double. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's sort of in embracing in a structure, a structure that I, that like, and I need to figure out, I don't need, like everyone uses ClickUp. I'm never logging into ClickUp. Okay. Like I fucking hate it. I don't want to touch it. I understand it's very useful. Yeah. Right. However, for me, Excel works better. Okay. So I have, they're like, oh, what we'll do is we'll get this and put in ClickUp. I was like, no, I don't, like, I don't need to be in ClickUp. That's not the realm. Of, I need to know the projects that these people are doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't even need to know the subtasks of what they're doing. And I don't need to be updated in real time. I'll have a meeting with them every week. Mm-hmm. It'll be 20 minutes and they'll tell me where they're at. Mm-hmm. And that's all I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like it's, a str- like not, it's a structure that I can do, which is very clear to me. It's very visual. I bought a, I bought a project management Excel sheet off Etsy. <laughs> right? How much you pay for that? Five dollars. It's fucking it. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing I've ever seen. It shits on everything I've ever used. It's right? five bucks. Dude, same as like the financial dashboard that I bought off Etsy. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal. Really? Basically takes everything for your PL. So I have the bookkeeper every month update all the numbers from it, and then it just spits out fucking data. Yeah. And dashboards. All visual. And I'm like, oh look. This and this and this, all the numbers that I require. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it costs $5.49. There you go. Yeah. And it was like, man, I've been like trying to figure some of this shit out for years. Been paid $1,000 a month and all kinds oh, of software. Mate, and Excel shits all over it. And then people are like, oh, we'll do it in Google Sheets. And it's like, no, it's got to be Excel. Like there is a significant difference between the two. Really? The macros are so much better. Yeah, right. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just like now I feel like I know everything that's happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like I know all the structures, all the people. Cool. I know what everyone's working on. And I know like finances back to front. I know like I know everything that I should know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now it's in a very consumable way for, for, for me to digest it and then be able to like think about it. Cause like my job shouldn't be like, I should be at two o'clock reading the paper. Cause like that's where I kind of digest everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And like I have Sit to, on it. I have to ingest a lot of information. And so if I make bad decisions based off the information that I'm getting and I don't have a chance to actually think about it, mm-hmm. you know, like Jordan Peterson, think about it. You know, like when Jordan Peterson says like, I thought about something deeply, <laughs> you can just picture that guy like this. Yeah, like thinking about it deeply, right? Like for three days. Thinking of all the different variables, like fucking um yeah. like you know, Doctor Strange and the Do you know his his superpower in interviews is to think during interviews and, and with endure that uncomfortable silence, especially live interviews yeah. when people are asking stuff and you see him just like mm. and you see people like no, we can't have dead space. And they're like, say something, say something. But we can't have dead space. Yeah, and he's it. actually weighing it up. And yeah. then like even changes his mind as the words are coming out of his mouth. Yeah, I haven't thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's really interesting. But that's, I think like that ability to do that is really, support is difficult too. Yeah. It's like nice. you just kind of want to solve stuff. Sometimes you need to like, you need to think about it. Yeah. You know? And I think like, not, out. like not in the sales People are like, I need to go in and think about it. It's like, you're not going to fucking think about it. You're never yeah. going to think about this for another second in your life. No. Like, you're fat. You need <laughs> to lose weight. What else <laughs> you got to think about? You know, like, you yeah. fucking sort it think out. Think about how delicious food is. That's yeah, exactly. That's about. what you got to think about. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think, um, like, that. it's like that Telstra thing, man. Like, I make eight decisions a year, but they're all really important. Yeah. And it's like, that's an interesting way to go about life. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine Elon Musk. I can't. Daddy Elon. I can imagine what Daddy Elon. Well, we said last week that he wasn't going to sack anyone, and he, he did it. <laughs> he did it. He sacked him. Fucked him. <laughs> Fuck my couch. Um, oh well. Yeah, it's a good place to stop. That's it.
for another episode. Coffee is for closers. This is us. If you like this stuff, give us a comment, hit the like button, all that. If you're listening old school in the car, good for you. Well done. <laughs> well done. One Let of us the know what type of car you have in the YouTube comments when you go over <laughs> yeah, there. log back in. It's the only one we can monetize. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Put that coffee down. down. down.